What's up, guys? It's currently like 1 o'clock in the morning right now, and I'm just finishing up this episode, but I wanted to jump in real quick. This episode is the last episode of Season 1. I just wanted to thank everybody for their support throughout this entire thing. It's been a blessing to be able to start this and for people to enjoy it and listen to it. I really appreciate it. To my guests, uh, thank you very much for coming on. It's been a journey for me to start this and I'm really happy with the way it's going. You guys seem to love it too, so I'm just going to keep doing this. Hopefully we'll have some cool, interesting people for season two. We have a couple people lined up and I'm very excited to uh, start working on that. But besides that, I just wanted to say thank you to everybody and I hope you enjoy this episode. Peace. And it's the other thing too, where that film, I was given a lot of freedoms, like, like creative I, freedoms. Yeah, I was given, like, I can't say that I, as a production assistant, I was given as many creative freedoms as I was on that film. In the back of shots, first of all, I didn't know actors wore makeup for every scene. I had no, oh, I, yes, I had no idea. So when when I got there on set, I, I'm not going to talk too much, but see why not? That, because we signed the contract. I can't really say too much. <laughs> Welcome to the 2% Talk Podcast. I am your host, Nick Kniggs, and I am here with... Mitchell Magnus. Welcome, welcome. Um, so, before we get into why you're here, mm -hmm. I want to talk about how we met. And I think how we met is pretty cool. As so, do I. <laughs> Um, so if you want to explain that, because I'm not too sure what I can say, but well, let's see, there was a thing happening in town Yep. and we both met <laughs> Yeah. and it had to do with the arts. So I worked as a production assistant on a movie called mm -hmm. and that is where I met Nick. Yep. That's where we met. Um, I honestly thought that was probably, that was probably the coolest experience I had. I've never been on a film set. I've never been in a movie until then. Which was it was a really cool thing to be a part of, but uh, I don't want to I don't want to give away too many details. Well, I mean, personally, I don't want to give away too many details either because your listeners, once they watch the movie, they'll see exactly they'll see me in the movie. So, um, what exactly do you do on set? Let's see. That ranges from production to production. I work as a production assistant. That's been my main title. Work on sets, and. What I do on sets, again, depends on the production. I've worked closely with the camera department, worked closely with lighting. I've done a lot, yeah. <laughs> actually. So It's actually surreal looking back now. How many years have you been involved in the uh, film? In film? Yeah. Uh, since last year. Really? And you already worked on how many films, you said? Uh, about seven, I think. Wow. Wow. Is this the first time you filmed in Connecticut, or is this... Uh... Actually, all the films I've worked on have been in Connecticut. Really? Connecticut has a lot of very varied filmmakers i did not know that yeah that's pretty cool i had no connecticut's had no full of a lot of talented people <laughs> yeah hey man i would love to get on another movie set that was that was awesome so for this movie what exactly were you doing i was an on-set production assistant right and what does that entail for anybody who doesn't know exactly what well, that is uh let's see a production assistant which i've which i've worked on Again, around seven films as a PA. What we do is we... It's hard to just define it because there is so much we do. Yeah, I, I, I believe mean, it. I mean, a lot of times it's it can range from handling talents to just handling on-set stuff. A lot of times you have to make sure the set is nice and proper before we start filming. Mm -hmm. And I 
typically been working close with the producers. I directly deal with them for whenever I'm brought on a production. Gotcha, gotcha. Because you don't want to, you don't want to upset the talent when yeah, of course. <laughs> when you're getting them on camera. Of course, of course. So, um, so you work mainly with the cameras and the production crew behind the again. It, de- it depends on fi- on it depends on the film I'm working on. Gotcha. Some films I have had the a great opportunity to actually be a camera production assistant. Is that exact? Is that what you want to do? Is that like your main? Focus? Well, so far it's been the most fun I've had oh, when I, I work it. on a film. I believe it because you're with the guy who controls what you see. That is true. You're working directly true. under the DP. It's incredible. That's awesome. It's definitely the most artistic position I've been in so far, aside and from that one time where I was an unofficial production designer. <laughs> So, um, what was your favorite film you've worked on? That was definitely the first film I've ever worked on. What was it called? Christmas on the Carousel. So, oh, so that was your, so how many Christmas movies have you done? This is the second one. Yeah. Wow. The first movie I ever did was a Christmas film and it wasn't done by Hallmark or Lifetime or any of that. It who, w- who was it, who was it done by? Uh, that was done by the Bloomquist brothers. They own a production company in Connecticut called Mainframe Pictures. Uh-huh. Have you seen any of their films? I have not. I didn't even know there was production teams in Connecticut. I was looking out of state because I want to be an actor. That's kind of why, why I started this. I get you. So I had no idea that they, had, they did that in Connecticut. That's crazy. But no, I've never seen their films. No. All their films are incredible. My, most of them are filmed in Connecticut. Well, I think one was Weekenders. I think that they filmed that in Massachusetts. Okay. But what's interesting is that they're typically known for horror filmmaking. That's how I learned really? about them. They make scary movies. Wow, okay. And I met them at an event called CT Cult Classics. What they do is that there's this theater in Seymour that every couple months, Larry Dwyer, he puts together a show where he shows two cult classic films. Mm-hmm. So it can range from Killer Clowns from Outer Space and The Blob <laughs> to oh two Stephen King movies. Mm-hmm. But that's where I met Eric and Carson. They were promoting their movie, 10 Minutes to Midnight. Anywho, so nearing the end of 2020, after being in the house for, you know, the whole year, yep, yep, I decided year. I decided to take a chance. I had after I met them at the uh, screening for, I believe it was Night at the Creeps that we met mm-hmm. with Tom Atkins, powerhouse actor that is. <laughs> Anywho, so I reached out to Eric. I asked if I could intern for his company because I just wanted get out of the house, do something creative. Exactly. And I've always loved films, and I decided to just take a chance. And then Eric said, yeah, sure, we're shooting a Christmas movie in a couple weeks. Come on down. We have a plan for... Going viral by way of... A a Christmas Christmas lock-in. The museum used to do overnight lock-ins when I was a kid. Glad you two are getting the chance. Ooh, perfect timing. We need someone to record us. Five, six, seven, eight. It was the night before Christmas. And all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. Whoa, 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 okay, okay. Our entire high school experience was filled with this nauseating will they or won't they. Just do something, okay? I'm losing patience. Just like that. Just like that. Wow. And it, that's how you ended up getting into it? That's how I started. And for the next couple of weeks, we were all around Connecticut. This was, a lot of it was filmed at the uh, Carousel Museum in Bristol. Gotcha. As well as the Bushnell Carousel in Hartford. Just for the first movie, right? Oh, yeah. This is... I'm talking about Christmas on the Carousel. Okay. Just want to make sure. All Carousel-related themes here. Gotcha. Gotcha. (laughs) Anywho, so that film also was somewhere where I actually was... It was very... It's been very different working on other films since that one. 
that first film, one, I was just in awe of just finally being on a film set. That's always right. been a dream of mine. Right. Because I love storytelling. Film is one of my favorite ways to tell a story. Mm-hmm. And the first day I was on set, it was actual movie magic. Because we were at the Carousel Museum. We were doing an exterior shot outside of the museum, and it started to snow. Wow. It was like, you remember... Perfect timing, huh? It really was. Eric and Carson, they just shrug it off. They're just like, eh, it just happened. <laughs> wow. Because they're probably so used to it. I can't even say that you could be used to it. I've talked to so many filmmakers. I've told the story about how it actually snowed, mm-hmm. and they're just like, oh my god. Some of them say that just brings up the production value, and then others... Exactly, They're just yeah. like... They would. I've talked to filmmakers who would kill to have that kind of experience because so many times working on film, it's sort of synthetic. Mm-hmm. You have to manufacture a lot of things, like emotional or like the background stuff. Like the background stuff, like Home Alone. I don't. I don't think that that was actually snow. I'm pretty sure it was like a like I, a fog machine. Almost. I think it was like starch or something. Really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. So for that to happen is actually a movie miracle. It and, really and, is. And your production team was just kind of like, ah. Yeah. Well, because <laughs> I mean. It was the first day I was on set. I was in awe. I was actually kind of glad I was wearing my mask because my smile was just <laughs> through so, the roof. Huh? Yeah, through it was outstretched. I'm just like <laughs> I'm glad that they can't see me acting all this acting this giddy. Yeah, and it's the other thing too, where that film I was given a lot of freedoms, like, like creative I, freedoms. Yeah, I was given like. I can't say that I, as a production assistant, I was given as many creative freedoms as I was on that film. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's I was working right. Di- I was working directly with the director of photography, Mike McGlinick. I hope I said his last name right. <laughs> and he trusted me implicitly. He and I worked closely with the camera. I, you remember how there's lighting on set? Yep. See the people lighting. Mm-hmm. A lot of the lighting I was doing. I was helping out. I did not know like. In the back of shots, first of all, I didn't know actors wore makeup for every scene. I had no, oh, yes. I, I had no idea. So when when I got there on set, I, I'm not gonna talk too much, but why not? That, because we signed the contract. I can't really say too much. <laughs> <laughs> but um, when we were, you know, when we were on set, I didn't realize how much how much goes into the uh, to the actors as much as um, the production. And when when they were shooting it, especially from that angle we were doing it in, I didn't know that there was a lighting backdrop on every single shot because every time they moved the camera they moved the lighting and I didn't I didn't know that helps give a scene its identity right exactly and I I just I've never been on a film set so (laughs) for me to see that was just crazy have you ever taken any filmmaking courses uh I took one in college but uh that was before I joined the army so I kind of just like I never really fully I get your priority shifted yeah exactly so I wish I got more into it this is kind of why I started the podcast but um but yeah, did you take any in college, or was that was uh, that not your main focus? No, I did take uh, I did take some filmmaking courses. They were not as it wasn't like a formal college that exclusively teaches you film. Mm-hmm. I went to Naugatuck Valley Community College, mm-hmm. wonderful college. Anyone who wants to learn anything, go there. Yep, if you want to learn stuff, yeah, we're taking it, summer yeah. classes there now. <laughs> <laughs> so see, they know firsthand as well. Yep. So my there was, I took two semesters with two filmmaking courses, and. That's where I saw Citizen Kane the first time. It was a great introduction, I think, to learning about film. Yeah, which is yeah. And so, uh, were you so able thank to, you, Amy. <laughs> were you able to get any uh, like onset experience while at college? Prior I can't to being on that. 
film set for the nope. first time? No, uh, Christmas on the Carousel. I was just thrown in. Really? Yep. <laughs> so, so uh, you had no idea what you were expecting? Nope, not. A, I had no idea. I mean, I've always watched behind the scenes making of movies, mm-hmm. documentaries about the making of movies, the documentary about the documentary about making the movie. <laughs> so all this uh, synthetic knowledge, let's say, not firsthand knowledge. Right, right. Just like watching it and learning it from in school. No, yeah. I mean, it's just like what Morpheus says. There's a difference between knowing the path and walking the path. Mm-hmm. And not going to lie, I'm so ignorant when it came to acting. I was like, oh, it's going to be easy. I just got to, you know, walk on camera and stuff. No. For the, the first time I was actually in front of the camera and they said action, I was, I was so nervous. I'm not going to lie. I was freaking out. I was, when I was, well, I can't really explain what I was doing, huh? Let's, let's call it, let's stay safe with that. Yeah. You guys will see. Like, even though I had a small role in this movie, I, I will never shut up about it. Because it was my first acting role in a movie, you know? And it always, it's intoxicating, isn't it, it? It really is. And like, I, I sound like such a, like such a dick sometimes talking about it. I'm like, yeah, actually I was in a movie. Yeah. I was, I'm an actor, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, Hey, you are an actor. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now I can officially say I am. That's what I want to <laughs> do. That's like my main focus in life, but we'll see what happens. Now, see, I actually think he's an actor for me. IMDB thinks I'm an actor, even though I, I was an uncredited bar patron. <laughs> really? They, they, they credit you as an actor? Uh, on IMDB. They why, did. Why is that? Were you a background I, guy? I walked behind the i walked in the background <laughs> oh okay gotcha so you were you were an extra on the movie uh not christmas on the carousel that was my second film damon's revenge what was that like what was that like walking behind the camera no no what was, <laughs> yeah what was that like what i was mean well, walking in front of the camera <laughs> yeah all right gotcha but what was it what was it like filming that movie <laughs> okay damon's revenge was completely different than working on Christmas on the Carousel. Christmas on the Carousel, like I said, we all just got together because of after the year that we all had, 2020, we just wanted to be creative. We wanted to, we wanted to make a movie. We wanted to make something we were passionate about. Mm-hmm. That, and I'm just very grateful that I was brought along for that ride. That is awesome. Especially for your first film, too. And then we got to watch it. We filmed that, we filmed that in January and a little bit in February, I think, and then the movie came out for Christmas that year. Wow. So it was like a whole miracle. Do you have all the films you've done on DVD or on disc? Okay, I own Christmas on the Carousel on DVD because so far that's the only one that's come out on DVD. Really? I am a physical media guy. <laughs> so so uh, what platforms are these movies on if uh, I wanted to watch them? Let's see. Of course, you can go on IMDb. That tells you where to watch anything. Mm-hmm. But so far, the films that have come out like Christmas on the Carousel and Damon's Revenge, those are you're available to stream those on Amazon Prime, mm-hmm. and of course other things. Not Netflix yet. Not Netflix. Okay. <laughs> what about this film? Uh, the that will be on. That one, I could not tell you. Hopefully, it's on. Because here's here's the thing with films. It's the same thing with just uh, doing any kind of activity with my family. Nobody tells me nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Nobody really told me anything. They were like, all right, here's what you got to do. Do it. All right, see you later. I was like, okay. And that's, that's all I did. But, um, but yeah, have you worked on any scary movies? Damon's Revenge. That, that was a horror film? That, that was also a dream come true. Not only did in January, February of 2021, I was able to live out a dream by working on a movie. Mm-hmm. But then a few months later, I was able to live out another dream working on a horror movie. Not that was like your, that's one of your dreams, like to work horror, on a horror movie. Yes, that's horror awesome. is my fit. Horror is my genre. I love, I love horror films, right? Oh, then you're gonna love Damon's Revenge. I can never get her to watch any with me. What? She doesn't like them. Audible shock. It sucks. It sucks because now I gotta watch them by myself. She's like, no, I don't turn it off. I'm well, like, I mean, 
some horror films are best to watch by yourself. Yeah, sometimes you know what I try to do? I try to watch the film before I watch the preview. You know what I mean? Like I like. Somebody, I get you. You don't want you don't, don't want any other influence. Exactly. I don't want to, I don't want any spoilers. I don't want anything. To I get that influence. Have you ever done that? Just go into the movie blind. That's with a lot of movies I watch. Because a lot a lot of movies I watch came out like seventies eighties. Mm-hmm. So I have to work really hard to find a trailer. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Uh, do you like the classic movies better than the new ones? Honestly, it just depends on the quality that's put on screen. It doesn't really matter what epoch of time it was made for me. As long as it's a good story and there's meaning behind what's going on. If I'm watching a movie that's just a bunch of meaningless... meaningless jump scares. Meaningless. Not, not even just jump scares. Jump scares can be fun, but if it's if there's no substance, then there's no point in watching it for me. Gotcha. Like, Do you watch them to enjoy them, or do you watch them now that you work on movies? Do you watch them to like well, critique them? Well, since you work on a movie, I'm pretty sure you've had this experience. Mm-hmm. Then you start looking for things. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Like sometimes when um, we I know. would watch films together or watch anything together, I'd be like, you know how many times they probably had to redo that shot or how many times they had to switch the camera angles? Because I wasn't <laughs> aware of that. Like sometimes I honestly thought that there was two cameras and it would just switch back and forth. No, no, no. Sometimes they have to, one, put a camera behind me and then they'll change the angle and we have to repeat the same lines with the camera behind him. And it's just, it's a nightmare sometimes because we, we went over one scene how many times? I was not in the room for that. You weren't in the room for that. I was guarding the door. Oh yeah, that was your job <laughs> that day? Yes, that was my job for that moment in time. Yep, for that scene. But yeah. Um, for a portion of that scene. <laughs> yeah, literally a portion. I was in the movie for maybe a good 10 seconds. <laughs> But you know what? It was the best goddamn 10 seconds of my life. I'll tell you that. Probably be the highlight of the film, too. <laughs> I wish. That would be awesome. A lot of people were like, are you going to have Are you gonna have a screening party? I was like, I was, I was not like an important person in this movie. Hey, you should. Honestly, why not? I had a screening party for Christmas on the carousel, and I wasn't even in it. <laughs> yeah, but you worked on it, though. That's, that's different. Well, I mean, that is true. <laughs> you, with the horror movie you worked on, what was it like? Like, was, did you, did, like as, as a crew member, did you get freaked out by anything, or you were aware of everything going on at once? Well, they sent the script to me in advance, so I, I knew what was going on. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> do they normally do that for the crew members, for everyone? Typically they do, yes. Mm-hmm. Again, every production is different. Like uh, this, Damon's Revenge, I worked with a completely different crew than with Christmas on the Carousel. Gotcha. So it was also learning my way around how this group functions, mm. because... These are people that know what they're doing. They've been in the industry a long time. And now here's me, Green, coming onto a set who doesn't, who only worked on one film. That's how I felt when I was acting in the, like, my first time getting on set. Like, I was like, okay, everybody seems like they know what they're doing. And I, I'm just kind of standing here, like, like, what do I do now? But, you know, it was a cool experience. No, I mean, sometimes on film sets, there will be moments where you do just stand around because you can't make any noise. You gotta yeah. let the scene play out because mm-hmm. goodness knows the boom mics are mm-hmm. very sensitive. No, yeah, that's the scary part of filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like, I, I want to like explain that I was like what I did in a way because I feel like my audience and the people who you show this to would be very interested in that. But I can't. Well, I'm kind of piggybacking off of your audience here. Yeah, you know what? Hey, it, it, that's how it works, man. I got no audience. <laughs> what do you mean, man? If he wouldn't have said anything, I would have definitely put the shot of me in the movie in the podcast. Because I Thank the, you for being the voice of reason because I want to talk about it too. So much red tape. That's why I have her here, because if I don't have a like a 
moderator, I'm screwed. You're gonna you're gonna bill her as the moderator? No, 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 no. She works for free. Well, you can at least give her the credit. I could give her the credit. Give Which... her a production assistant credit. All right. Fair enough. So, I mean, in the end, the best way to play it safe is just say we met. All right. So we looked it up. We can't really talk about what we were doing on set, but I met him on set. the next pub, the next podcast, though. We should definitely talk about our experiences in that film. Oh, for sure. This is this is just the appetizer, then. Yep, because the film isn't out yet, so you know, you'll see it. Uh, go ahead and watch that film. It's also going to be on Spotify if you, as an audio. I will send you everything once. It's I think I remember there. Spotify. You you listen to it? No, I think I remember Spotify back in high school. Oh, oh, excuse <laughs> me, I didn't know that was out of date. What do you use now? Uh, Apple Music. N- nothing. Nothing. <laughs> I use DVDs. There you go. There Again, you go. physical media guy. What, no, sure. was, what was your favorite film experience, and what movie was it? Oh, I think I already described that. It was Christmas on the Carousel. First day, beautiful snow, all the passion. Do you think you were more in awe because it was your first time on a movie set, or do you think oh, it was that honestly just movie magic? That was definitely part of the factor, mm-hmm. but I think it was just everything. The fact it was my first film, the fact that movie magic was happening in front of my eyes, and the fact that I was working with filmmakers who... I love their work. Mm-hmm. Honestly, the Bloomquist brothers, I watch every film they make. Honestly, they for when it comes to modern day movies, they're my favorite filmmakers. How many films have they made? Uh, let's let's see if I can remember their filmography. <laughs> so, the first film I ever watched of theirs was Long Lost. That's on Amazon Prime as well. Mm-hmm. I've never watched a movie with that much tension just throughout the entire experience. Wow. It was an hour and a half of feeling tense. A lot of films for me, a lot of films that come out now, it's they don't really elicit any real emotions for me. I can I can agree with you on there because like when I watch films now, I feel like there is moments of intensity or anxiety, right. but it's just a build up to something and then it goes back down. Exactly. So this whole film for you was just anxiety. Anxiety the whole time. Sounds sounds like a fun experience to me. Yes. And also we need to just get a hashtag starting Release Long Lost on DVD. Eric, <laughs> I'm going to press you guys for that. <laughs> My wall's moving. Oh, that wasn't us? No, no, no. It was us. Is it that late in the day already? <laughs> All right. So, one of the main reasons you are on here is your comic. Yes. So, go ahead and explain it. My story, A Matter of Perception working logo (laughs) just so that everyone's clear this is for mature audiences okay yes because as we've already discussed horror is a passion of mine oh so it's a horror okay yes i've lived with this story for so long (laughs) so did you write it yourself yes i did i'll tell you all about that about its inception about how it's grown from being an eight-page story to a 28-page full-on one-shot wow how long have you been working on it well there's been a whole long process with working on it so This whole thing started back in 2019, and I just saw on the Facebook that there was a short story contest for Vampire Tales, because this uh, artist online, he wanted to get some writers together and make a vampire anthology. Oh, so he's a comic artist. Yes. His plan was to get some vampire comic stories, Mm -hmm. illustrate them himself, and then release it. Give some uh, aspiring writers some time in the sun. So I sat with that for a while. There was a deadline. I was also in school at the time, and I was writing a different story as well. Immediately remember this character I had created 
a couple of years ago that was just under God knows how many other sheets of paper <laughs> in my office. So I decided to revisit him. And so that night I sat down and then by the time I went to bed, my first draft was already done. The character, I lived with it for a while, didn't do anything with it. Then I saw the opportunity to actually, actually bring it to life. Bring it to life. I found like a, it was a contest, so it was an outlet that I could get my work out there. So the artist was looking for writers. And Sorry this if I didn't is when make... you brought out the character that you've been working on that, for a couple of years. That, that, is, that I live with for a couple of years, yes. Gotcha, okay. And Got then once I saw the parameters, it was short story, no more than eight pages. The scenario just came to me when I was writing, looked at the whole, looked at everything. I still just get a little bit nostalgic just thinking about it because... Mm -hmm. It kind of started where you're at now. I guess so. I mean, I get a little emotional thinking about it because for me as a writer, moments like that where the story just plays out right in front of you, like getting the first draft done in one night. It's, it must have been an amazing feeling. It's, it, it was amazing. Mm -hmm. And from there, of course, as a writer, I refined it. Things changed. And mm -hmm. I thought I had written one of my best works. Mm -hmm. And I sent it in, so excited. And then when they released the winners, I was not among them. Oh, man. It's fine. I mean, honestly, it was probably the, one of the better things that happened. Do you think that sparked something inside you to go ahead and create your own comic? Do you think that's... Oh, oh for sure. Because I sat with uh, feeling a bit rejected for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like maybe a day. <laughs> and then I just was thinking, why would they not want this? This is gold. Oh, I maybe silver, <laughs> silver, gold, whatever you value. Anywho, it wasn't until 2020, actually. Now we come to this where, again, it was that whole crazy year. Mm -hmm. And after I had finished college, I just said to myself, you know what? The world's going insane right now. I'm going to do something for myself. Right. Because I need to stay sane. Was this before or during the filming of your first movie oh this was long before i got involved in film gotcha this is still your senior year in college i'm assuming oh this is after when i first wrote the story it was my senior year of college so i decided to invest in myself decided to actually do what i've always wanted to do and make my own comic book mm -hmm. because up until now i had always just been submitting stories either getting them accepted or rejected however it goes to, to artists or to like artists where you, where publishers it's gotcha. The freelance world is a very interesting world. <laughs> so are you going to get, is this going to be published or how, how, what's going on with this one? Of course it's going to be published. <laughs> awesome. I'll find a way to get it published no matter what. Mm -hmm. But I'm here I'm looking for your reaction. Okay. I want you to describe to your listeners what you see panel by panel. Jesus. Did you, so did you, did you draw this? Nope. So you see. No, I'm paying someone to draw that. <laughs> so without reading the actual story, I think I'm looking at. Dead guy, looks like Wolverine almost. And what's up with these pictures up here? What's going on with these? Well, do you know, you've read comics before, right? Uh, not gonna lie to you, no. Oh. Well, then we got no frame of reference here. <laughs> but yeah, explain, explain it to somebody who's never read a comic before, I guess. Okay, so that's, like, that's fine. So the way that things go is that there is paneling. The pictures give you a flow through the story. Of course, there will, once I letter it, there will be text and you will get some actual context. And I'm able to put this picture I'm looking at on screen. Yep. You, for my audience. No, yeah. I, okay, want, cool. I want this to be the sneak preview. I want to show 
Because again, right. I've lived with this story since 2019. I'm looking for a fresh perspective. No, yeah, dude, this is uh, this is some crazy stuff that I'm looking at. I'm not gonna lie to you. Really good work. Who who did who did this for you? Well, if you make sure. A shout out. No, of course, Jeff Zornow, one of the most talented comic artists working today. Link him somewhere. Uh, yeah, have I'll people him follow him. Yeah, I'll link him after I show this third picture. So, what are you publishing it on? Well, right now we're finishing it. So how this whole thing started was that, again, I decided to invest in my work. I had reached out to Jeff Zornow, who I have been a big fan of his comics. If you've ever read his work for IDW's Godzilla or for just Image Comics 68, all visceral stuff, it's great. And I had met him at a convention in Connecticut. Same C one you met the other guys at? Different different one. C CT Horror Fest. Gotcha. There's a horror fest? In is Connecticut, it, yeah. Is it more for films or comics? It's for it's for everything. They have celebrity guests. They have comic guests. You want to go to that? Where 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 are they located? Nugatuck. I want you. I want to promote CT cult Classics and CT Horror Fest. It's because of them that I've met so many awesome people. And you've been a part of so many awesome films. Yes. <laughs> Anywho, so Jeff and I we worked together 2020. He had given me the character designs to illustrate a matter of perception, which was rejected earlier, as I said, mm. and I didn't know how it was going to go, but he liked my pitch, and he said, yeah, let's do this. <laughs> Me and him worked together 2020, got the first few pages, got the character designs, but then things kind of changed last year, because like we've been talking, I've been working a lot in film, mm -hmm. and Jeff had other job opportunities that took precedence, right. precedence. and so our lives kind of went into two different directions, but we've come back together, we're cranking this thing out and it is great to be back that's awesome that's really cool so do you think it was kind of a blessing at first to get denied because now oh you, it's been it's been a complete blessing because now you're able to work with somebody who can see your vision as well exactly it's not like i'm handing my story it's not like before where i'm handing my story and then it's out of my hands this right. one i have some control this one i can collaborate closely with an artist who I've always loved and respected. Yeah, that and which is awesome, which is yep. really cool. It's great, and that's what kind of sparked a new philosophy for me, is that you can turn a failure into victory. Right. When I, when I started the podcast, in a way, I, uh, at first I was like unsure about it, and I have a following on TikTok, and that's kind of where it started, and um, I wasn't sure where I wanted to take my audience. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do with it, so... I've made a YouTube channel in the past, but I never uploaded anything. And I, you know, I finally decided, you know what, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to, I'm going to learn everything. I'm going to get the equipment and here we are. So I can, I can understand where you come from, where, where it seems like it sucks at first and then it turns out to be a great thing. No, that's the journey of life, isn't it? Uh, yeah. If oh, everything, yeah. if everything was just handed and, to you, then it would just be a flat line life. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm. Lukewarm. It's almost like, it's almost like, um, the buildup. It's like the buildup to something is yes. way better than actually getting there sometimes. But yes. getting there is, is a blessing, like you said, and being able to do this is a blessing in itself. But being able to build up to it is like the fun part. So I'm assuming when you were making this and when you were getting your first designs, when he sent you the oh, designs. It was surreal. Yeah, I exactly. Was, it's actually, Matter Perception helped me get through 2020. Oh, yeah. I yeah. mean, I was away at boot camp during it, so I wasn't really here during the pandemic. Right. I, I missed a lot of it, thank God. So by the time I came home, it was a bit different because people were now leaving their houses and things right. like that. But I can only imagine what it was like to be inside all day. Well, again, I had something to look forward to. So. Exactly. You were working yeah. on something, and, 
and you had that film coming up that you were working on, which is really cool. It very much was. And also, if I haven't said this to you already, thank you very much for your services and what you do. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Follow A Matter of Perception on the Instagram, on the Twitter, on <laughs> the Facebook. It's all there. You can follow it at, at Matter of Perception on Instagram. Well, at, at A Matter of Perception comic on Instagram. At capital A, capital M, capital O, capital P. That little under dash mark. Capital C on it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. On Twitter. I will, I'll link all that for you in the description. Please do, yes. Yeah, but I'm trying to get more into the acting scene. I'm trying to get my headshots done so I could send them out there because I, you know, after being in one movie, I'm, I'm like itching to get more roles. You know what I mean? Who does your headshots? I haven't gotten any yet. My sister has a professional photography thing. Really? Yes. Look at that. Yes, you're welcome, sister. <laughs> Melissa Magnus Photography. Gotcha. On the Instagram? She's on the socials, yes. Gotcha. Gotcha. But yeah. She's also on the TikTok. Yup. Dude, I love TikTok. That's kind of why I like started this. <laughs> Do you have TikTok? No. Why not? Anywho, so again, follow all of a matter of perception, and you could follow me at Filmtagonist on all the social medias. Do you have any other cool stories or anything cool that happened on set on any of the movies you've worked on? My car was featured in a film. Really? Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's hear it. Uh, so my car, Nigel. He. He was in the second film. He was in Damon's Revenge. Really? He was the Jeep. Yep, the Jeep. Oh, nice. What year is that then? Uh, 2014. Nice. And he's a star. What can I say? (laughs) You ever wonder how you did it? Did what? Survive. The same way you did. No, not the same. You went face to face with the chief, and then you killed Damon. So are you sleeping any better? Depends on the night. <laughs> Damon could still be out there. Nobody human could even survive that. What makes you think he's human? The bastard's dead. Then why can't you find him? And... My dad was just very proud that that car was in the movie. Not even you walking in the background? You know, he didn't notice that. <laughs> he was like, wait a minute, I know that car. <laughs> so how did that end up happening? How that end up happening? Uh, first day of filming, the car that they had planned to use, they couldn't get. And the car that they were going to use was going to have too loud of an engine. And so my Jeep was there. And we worked out an arrangement that, for it to be featured in the film. Cool. And That's awesome. I mean, Tom Sizemore got to lean on it for a scene, so that was cool. Yeah, that must have been sick. But yeah, thank you very much for coming on. I appreciate Glad it. Glad to be here. So if you want to see what I've worked on directly, you can go to IMDb. It's been another constant theme here. Yeah. Look up my name, Mitchell Magnus. Just click on the film, and then typically IMDb will tell you where you could watch it. Cool. So can you send me that link so I can put it in the description? No, of course. All right, cool. All right, thank you very much for coming on. No, Make sure you guys check out his comic and all his work he's done. And um, yeah, thanks for watching. Peace.